Welcome back, Cracked fans. My name is Daniel Westoff, the producer of the Cracked Interviews podcast, and I will be filling in for Dalton as your host for the next few weeks while he's away on business. Well, it's officially May, and Cracked Rackets is excited to bring you coverage of the NCAA tournaments beginning this Friday. If you haven't checked it out recently, our website has several articles to help prepare you for all the action. We've picked out our tournament dark horses, there's an article on each of the tournament favorites, and we give you our top five early round matches to keep an eye on. It's also clay court season and for the ATP and WTA, and we've got plenty of coverage for that as well, including an article on recent podcast guest Noah Rubin, who won his first clay court title at the Tallahassee Tennis Challenger to earn a wild card spot in the French Open. But for today's episode, usual host Alex Gruskin is joined by Cracked Rackets team member Alex Ariza to interview the number four ranked singles player in college tennis, Petros Hirsochos. During the interview, the guys discussed what it was like for Petros to grow up in Cyprus, how he ended up committing to Wake Forest, we get details about how Wake Forest is preparing for their NCAA tournament run, and Petros lets us know that he loves college tennis so much that he wouldn't even think about trying to leave a year early to go pro. We hope you enjoy the interview, it was a lot of fun to record. But before we get to that, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Alex, I'll be honest, I haven't said it to you much, but I really don't like your fashion off the court. What, you think I wear too many tennis clothes? You know, it's, I mean, yes, but <laughs> it's not that you wear too much tennis clothing, it's just you're not wearing the right type of tennis clothing. What do you mean, there's a specific brand I should be wearing? You clearly haven't heard of the new tennis clothes company called Cross Court Threads. Cross Court Threads, is that going to be something with knitting? No, not exactly, although they do use high-quality material. In fact, they have some pretty unbelievable designs on their website. You're the one who criticizes my clothing, so uh, I'll leave the design choices up to you. What do they got? They've got an awesome Rebel Legend tee with the all-famous Andre Agassi on it, rocking the nice lechuga out the back. Lechuga? Oh, my Oh, let me tell you, he's got some beautiful flow. They've also got a nice 40 love hat with some beautiful cursive. What about for the truckers out there? Any trucker hats? Oh yeah, they've got a trucker hat. A beautiful logo trucker hat with the Cross Threads logo on it. And you know, I keep it low key, but sometimes I wear leggings on the courts. Anything for me? They've got some racer leggings that look perfect for that nice round butt of yours. Goes up to XXL? <laughs> that it does. <laughs> awesome. Well, you know, Maxie, while my USTA player number may still be active, I consider myself more in the retired phase, more analyst than player. If there is a way for for me to be an Instagram ambassador for cross-court threads, you know, maybe flaunt the gear I'm wearing, not necessarily pick the designs. Is there a program for me to do that? You can be a brand ambassador in the brand ambassador program. Look, it's a four-month program, and you seem like the perfect candidate as someone who's a frequent wearer of tennis. I mean, it sounds like the program for me. Where can I apply? You can apply right on their website, crosscourtthreads.com. And check this out. If you subscribe to their email list, you'll get 10% off. It's crosscourtthreads.com. That it is, crosscourtthreads.com. Crosscourtthreads.com. You know what, Alex? I liked that bit the first time, but let me just remind the listeners, it's crosscourtthreads without the dash. Just crosscourtthreads.com. I know what you're getting me for my birthday. Oh, yeah? What is that? Crosscourtthreads.com. Welcome back, Cracked Rackets fans. As you can tell, this isn't Dalton Thienemann. This is your usual co-host stepping into the captain's chair. Uh, I'm Alex Gruskin. So happy to be bringing you today's Cracked interviews. Uh, if you've listened before, you know Dalton and I often fight for questions, and so I was finally able to box them out and uh, take the podcast over for my own. So as us always, West off, cue the sirens, cue the tornado background. I want barking dogs. I want It is a Cracked Interviews podcast, and joining me today... On his first podcast for Crack Interviews, is he our CFO? I'm not sure what he does, but he does a lot. My co-host for today, Alex Ariza. Alex, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Alex. Hey, first time we've had two Alexes on the podcast before, is that right? And this is probably the first time I haven't felt like the best-looking Alex on the pod. I mean, you're, you know, you're bringing the you're bringing the A game, so I really have to bring my game as well. 
Competition's tight. <laughs> I like it's it. Well, close. Yeah, and we don't want an Alex love affair, and you know we don't want our guests to be sitting too long because we want you to hear from him, not us. So joining us today on the podcast, he's the current number four player in the ITA rankings and the two singles player for Wake Forest, Petros Chersokos. Petros, welcome to the Track Interviews podcast. Thank you so much for doing this. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Now, of course, and I just—I don't want to get it wrong. Is it Petros? And how exactly do you say your last name? Well, to be honest, I always spend at least five minutes explaining to every single referee how my name is pronounced. So uh, <laughs> it, it, it is Chrysokos. Chrysokos? Yeah, basically the C-H is what uh, confuses people. So pretend there's no C and it's just H-R-Y. Oh, Chrysokos. Yeah, exactly. That's how it is. Oh, I like yeah. that a lot. That yeah. is really, I appreciate it. Well, people. I don't know how you can't explain. That was like a perfect explanation, 30 seconds or less. So clearly we yeah. need to up our line judge game. <laughs> you've had a lot of practice with all these, you know, rests and everything. The amount of times you've had to explain it, I'm sure. You have your elevator speech now. Yeah, yeah, I have it ready. <laughs> I like to hear that. Well, for our listeners who don't know about you, you are from Cyprus. I believe it's the Republic of Cyprus. And right. I just wanted to know, you know, how, being from, you know, not America, what is tennis like in Cyprus? Is it much more popular, less popular? How did you get into the game? Um, to be honest, uh, the, the most popular sport back home is obviously uh, soccer. You know, most European countries have that. Um Growing up, I used to play soccer and tennis. And then, I don't know if you remember, in about 2006, Baghdad made it to the finals of the Australian Open. And uh, tennis kind of, like, exploded back home. And How could I forget? That was a great freaking tournament. He lost to Fed in the final, right? Exactly. He lost to uh, Federer in the finals. Yeah, of course. Great run. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, after that, tennis exploded. And uh, I just, uh, I got inspired myself. And... Picked up, the, uh, picked up the racket and then started playing tennis and, and I was so into it. I, you know, my coach saw something in me and I uh, just kept playing and uh, never put that racket down ever again. From that. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I kept on playing tennis while playing uh, soccer as well. And then I, I had to uh, decide on which one I wanted to, uh, you know, keep playing. And uh, it, it, ended, it ended up being tennis and uh, just, I'm just happy it was. I have to ask, a lot of people say, people who play soccer, you point to the Nadals, who I believe played, Murray, I think played as well, that it helps your yeah. footwork. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, it, it really does help, like, the, the you know, the hand-eye coordination, like, um, you know, calculating how far the ball is, uh, using your feet and just kicking the ball. I mean, it's much easier to play soccer than tennis, obviously. So I think that's why many people do it. It's just you basically pick up a, a ball and you just kick it. That's a good point to make. I like let everyone know that tennis is a harder sport than soccer. I was about oh, to say that. I'd, like, <laughs> I'd like to sit down and debate with anybody that says otherwise. Better athlete. There we go. Rafa That's Nadal a... or Cristiano Ronaldo? Like straight up. Better athlete? Yeah. Oh, by far, Rafa Nadal. <laughs> there we I go. I could not agree more. Hot what, takes what, right out who, of the gate. Who looks better is has nothing to do with Who's the better athlete? <laughs> I would argue Nadal, when he had hair, was better looking, but the headband has really taken down his hairline. Yeah, then, well, he's, he's <laughs> a pirate. He has a stronger left arm is the real question. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ronaldo's flopped a lot on that left arm, so give him a break. Uh, but, I, yeah. you know, I do want to talk about your background again, Petros, just because being from Cyprus, just talk about how the culture differs from coming to college. You know, uh, not as much the adjustment, but what was your life like in Cyprus? Was it a lot uh, focused? I know you lived at a tennis academy. Uh, was yeah. it the typical academy experience that you've heard from your American counterparts, or was it very different? Yeah, I mean, Cyprus is an island, you know, so the pe people there are nothing like basically anywhere else in the world, I would say. They're more chill. The weather is great. Uh, it's always summer there. Um, you know, no worries in the world whatsoever. Um, it's, it's nothing like New York, for example, when I visited. It was very different. Um, it's just I, I started playing tennis when I was eight, and then I had the same coach. I still have the same coach since. Since then, um, I studied at the tennis academy, just still being in school, obviously. I didn't quit school because my parents wanted me to, uh, you know, get a great education. And then, you know, in the future, who who, who knows what is going to happen? 
And then, you know, I, I started playing my uh, first foreign abroad tournaments when I was about 12 or 13, I would say. And then, and then I just ended up, you know, getting a lot of points. I climbed the rankings when I was 14, 15, 16, then started playing ITFs. And I knew nothing about college tennis, to be honest. I knew nothing about it. Um, my first, I would say, uh, interaction with college tennis was when I was talking uh, to Noah Rubin. We were both playing the Wimbledon Junior um, Tournament. He, he, I think he won it last year. That year, he won the tournament. I remember who you beat in the finals. And then next he year, beat I Kozlov. Know, Sorry, just fun. Yeah, that's it, right. Stefan Kozlov. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then the guy wins the tournament, right? And then next thing I know is that he signs with Wake Forest University. And I'm like, well, what the hell is this guy doing? <laughs> right? And, and yeah. I just started, yeah, I started questioning on, on, you know, why is this guy going there? What is so special about this place? Um, you know, should I go there? as well who knows i mean should i even go to college and then i just uh started you know researching and uh, you know many coaches at that time started like contacting me and you know trying to recruit me and uh the guy who showed more uh, interest i guess was tony Bresky. you know the guy flew from the U- usa Cyprus to you know see me and you know talk to my parents and meet them and and whatnot so uh, that was my first uh, interaction with college tennis, I would say. How did he fare in Cyprus? I'm just curious to ask. I, I think from, for most readers, you know, most of us, you know, don't know much about the country. But from a coach's perspective, that must have been a, you know, a really an incredible experience for him. I'm going to disagree. Yeah. I think it was a vacation. He's on the island. Oh, yeah. He's Based like, this is awesome. Based on what yeah, you're talking I, I, about, an island, beaches, tennis courts, I'm surprised he even came back. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think he was uh, kind of recruiting a, a few guys in Europe at the time as well. It felt like he uh, flew uh, from the U.S. to Cyprus just for me. I think he, he had a few players uh, in, in, in France or I don't even know where. I can't remember. And then he just like came by from Cyprus for like a couple of days. And, uh, you know, the, the weather and the culture, there is nothing like here. Um, I'm sure he enjoyed it. Uh, I can ask him and tell and let you know, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, lots of food, uh, you know, fresh drinks and the beach is right there. The weather is great. I mean, nothing to complain, right? Um, no kidding. Yeah, I can't believe you left. It's funny because one of the questions I had listed was, did you talk to Coach Bresky at Wimbledon in 2014? Because I know he flew out there to watch Noah, which is crazy. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, you talked about building that relationship. Was was Wake Forest a place where you know if had if they offered you, you were going to go there for sure, or were you still considering turning pro? I know you had you know cracked yeah. the top five hundred, I believe, by the time you yeah. were choosing on college. Yeah, I mean, something that uh, not many people know about me that uh, and they don't know about Cyprus is that Cyprus has two years like people should do the army service for two years, right? Everybody, no exception. Wow. Um, so I was 17 or 18 at the time, right? Finishing, uh, graduating high school. And then I was also uh, 450, 460 in the world. I don't know, top, top 500 or whatever. And um, I, was, uh, I was honestly thinking, do I go professional? And, you know, the school can wait or do I go to wait for it? I wasn't even looking at any other school. It was just either going professional or going to Wake Forest. And, 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 and you know, Coach Presky, that, that's what he does best. <laughs> he, uh, he gets done, you know, and uh, <laughs> he made sure I, 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 I come to Wake Forest. And, and that's why he's the best for me. He, he just made, made sure that I make the right choice. And, and that's the best choice I've, I've ever made in my life, to be, frankly, to be honest. I mean, absolutely. And you talk about, you know, having that sort of success before getting to college. I actually have a theory. Uh, it is it involves being tennis players in the big moments, in the big matches. You remember who you're playing and the exact scores just because tennis is an individual sport and you have yeah. to be a little bit crazy to play. And so I want to ask you about a junior event, just kind of test your memory here, see how uh-huh. much you, uh, you know, you like the game. So I'm going to take our I want to take our listeners back to September 8th to September 12th, 
2014. This is the U18 Canadian World Ranking Event Montreal. We have a young Petros Prisokos taking uh, taking home the tournament. And you actually played two really nice prospects from Canada in the quarterfinals and semifinals. Do you remember who they were? I do. It was Felix, and I beat him, I think, um, 6-4, 6 one or 6-4, 6-2, and then Denny Shapovalov, and he was much easier than that, 6-0, 6-1, or something like that. <laughs> so it was Felix was 2-4, Dennis was 2-1. and one. I have, Do you brag about those wins? I would. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't think about them. You know, I remember the scores, but I, I, I'm just, you know, it's just, it, I'm sad and happy looking at those guys, you know, like, doing great in the, you know, ATP, ATP tour, but how I'm seeing it is like my time will come hopefully, you know, in the future. And, and I'm positive enough to, uh, to wait, you know, I played, if I'm not mistaken, I think I played Alexander Zverev twice. Right. <laughs> 13 as well, or something like that in, in Australia. And I beat him twice for that. Uh, you know, many people, wow. oh, if you beat them, um, you know, it means you're better than them. Not necessarily the <laughs> Yeah, well, it's interesting because you did beat Zverev twice, but then after beating Zverev in Australia, you lost to Ohio State's Hugo DeFeo. So yeah, Hugo I guess DeFeo, you, guys, yeah, right. you, know, so you guys are all better than each other. You're all top five players in my mind by transitive properties. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a, there's a misconception in, in, in tennis and people who don't know tennis or never play, they think that, you know, if you, if you beat someone, it means you're automatically better or there's no chance they would be better than you at some point in life, you know? And that's just not true. They can improve. They can get better. You can, you can uh, stay at the same level, never get better. And then, you know, you'll just, you'll just be worse. Well, it was obviously the right decision to uh, go to Wake Forest. I mean, you've had an awesome career there. Obviously your team is at the top of the rankings right now. But I want to I want to hear a little bit more about. Um, I know when we originally tried to set up this interview, you were actually back in Cyprus, right, playing for the Davis Cup team. Yes, that is right. I played Davis Cup. So how was it to be back? You know, back home playing with the team and everything. Tell us a little bit about that experience. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm super lucky. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm able to uh, represent my country in Davis Cup. And uh, when I was starting to play Davis Cup, the first couple of times I played with Bogdanis as well by my side and uh we played doubles a few times and yeah, you know i learned so much um that right there they touched on playing with that guy. i mean this is the guy who you know inspired you to play tennis instead of soccer obviously you know you chose the harder of the two sports um that was obviously the right decision but what was it like playing with essentially you know the person you looked up to as a, as a kid yeah in my room back home um i have a picture of myself and Bagdadis, and I was about 14, and I was I was a ball boy uh, when, <laughs> when he was playing Davis Cup. And then the picture right next to it is when we won the doubles together uh, a few years later. So, you know, it, it just it gives me a lot of motivation, you know, having someone being uh, who was top 10 in, in, in the world, you know, and just knows so much, and he's so good, and he's so funny and respected by everyone. Being able to have him by my side and just – you know, learn as much as I can from him is, is, is a huge asset for me. You know, I just, I try to uh, get the best out of him and, and hopefully he can uh, play for many more years. It's a scary thought. If he can keep up his level, you, him on a Davis Cup team could be a lot of fun. I also have to ask, you know, you have played individual tournaments in the professional level. You have played Davis Cup, which is obviously a team event, and then college tennis as well. Uh, mm-hmm. How much better in your opinion? Okay, that's a loaded question. Let me try that again because I'm obviously biased. Uh, team tennis versus individual tennis, which do you enjoy more? Uh, I, w- I, w- I would say that, you know, people people do not watch tennis, not because they don't like it as much. It's because it's boring. You know, I'm talking about the ATP level, futures, challengers, you know. It's, it's, it's boring. Unless you're playing in, in Oscar Osh, U.S. Open Final, and, and, and oh, what, Philippe Chatrier in, in, in Roland Garros, unless you're playing those big names, you know, in those big courts, there's, there's nothing like exciting about it. You know, people, people are just not shouting and not celebrating, you know, whereas on the other side, you got, you go play college in, in Georgia 
And then there's, there's 500 people that are shouting and screaming and celebrating it for every single point. Uh, you know, obviously, I have to go with that one. I couldn't agree with you more. I think college tennis is maybe my most enjoyable form of tennis just because the team atmosphere is so embraced. And oh, my God. It's- oh my, yeah, I agree. Sorry to interrupt, but I, if, you, if you ask any, any professional player right now that played, um, you know, college tennis, I don't know, Johnny Smith, Kevin Anderson, um, Noah Rubin, or, you know, anybody, they, they will probably say they enjoyed they enjoyed uh, college much more. Again, I completely agree. And I, that's why I'm such a fan of events like Waver Cup and, you know, Hotman Cup at the beginning of the year, incorporating uh, the world uh-huh. tennis. And, I, you know, I'm just curious going forward. I don't know. I, I assume you have professional aspirations, but would you like to see the ATP incorporate team tennis more into the sport? Do you think that would be beneficial? Um, yeah, just to answer your first question, I'm planning to play professional in the future. Uh, you should. You're pretty damn good. Yeah, I'm fine. And then to answer your second question, I think the ATP will be kind of forced to change it and make it like college tennis. You know, they will be forced to do it because people will stop watching. And, you know, tennis, tennis gets money from TV. If people don't watch it on TV, tennis doesn't get any money. You know? So yeah, they, have get, they have to make it more exciting and, you know, points should be more fun. I mean, if you, if you put that no ad in there, you know, and, and Roger is playing Rafa and it's five ball and youth and it's no ad, everybody will be watching. I'm pretty sure, you know? Yeah, no, completely. I, I like that you're even going as far as to incorporate no ad scoring. I have talked about this on previous podcasts, but the idea of having these next-gen guys break through, you incorporate uh-huh. something like no ad. Who's to say a chef of Oliver or Chung that doesn't upset a Federer because the no ad points just kind of break their way that day? And so yeah, you would exactly. see more upsets. You'd break up that top group. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm really glad to hear in favor of it. And I agree, the thrill of college tennis as well. Uh, you know, I, I do want to ask you about your time at Wake Forest. Obviously, for most of our listeners, that's what they'll know you from. You've had an incredibly successful almost three years now there. Uh, I, I want to start again with that transition, but more on the tennis side. How was transitioning to college tennis versus the high levels of the junior circuit or the futures level? Yeah, I mean, you know, coming, coming at Wake Forest, um, you know, I knew a few players. On the team at the time when I joined, I I knew uh, I I knew Noah, I knew Skander, uh, I knew Dennis Uspensky at the time. So I, I kind of knew the players on the team. I was kind of confused with the rules at the beginning. You know, you play the let, there's no ad. You know, I I needed a little bit of time to get used to that. But as soon as you do, it, it it's pretty easy and quick. You know. And uh, I'm sorry, what was, what was your question again? I forgot. I got no, it. no, totally fair. I asked, it's my fault. I got to get my questions shorter. This is why they let Dalton host back in the day. But, uh, you know, <laughs> no new way. host, we got to work out the kinks. Uh, but so my, my question was, in terms of transitioning and the level of tennis, how did it compare? Obviously, the Virginias, the UNCs, the ACC is at a very high level of tennis. So did you feel prepared when you went into college? Um, to be honest, I kind of, before I joined Wake, obviously, in college tennis, I was uh, a little, I was underestimating college tennis a little bit, you know? Um, you know, there's a misconception, at least there was a misconception. I don't know if there is one now, but, uh, you know, people, they would say that people who can make it in, 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 in you know, in the professional tour, uh, they go to college, you know, and they just play four years and then they uh, end up quitting. But, you know, you have to come and play college to really understand that, you know, the players here are good, you know? You got, you got like, you know, my kids in McDonald, Noah Rubin, you know, Ty and, and everybody who played and they're still playing, you know, they're so good. But people just don't, they just don't know about them. They're really good, but they just don't know about them. They only know, you know, Roger and Rafa and, uh, you know, the big names. And me coming to Wake, I had to, I had to get a few tough losses and realize, oh shit, I'm not, I'm not that good. I'm actually not that good. I need to improve. I need to, you know, stay here, get, get the losses, get better, and, and then I can say that, you know, it's time for me to go pro. 
But unless you're Steve Johnson, I really don't think there's reason for you to leave college and go pro. I also have to ask, I am the self-proclaimed crack racket historian, so I got to go back to your freshman year, which is where my mind is still at. Uh, you know, you, yeah, of course, you end up making the quarterfinals that year of the NCAA tournament in singles. You beat guys like Julian Lenz, Alfredo Perez, Jared Hildsick. Uh, talk about that run, you know, how well you were playing and what it took to reach that level as a freshman. You know, it's funny, uh, being a junior now, you, you're making me feel so old. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you're past the prime. I mean, you're only number four in the country. Do you yeah, yeah. have one? I'm just saying, you know. Um, you know, be, being a freshman is, 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 is so fun, to be honest. You go in the court, you walk in the court, you play with no pressure whatsoever. You know, I was uh, still rising up on the, on the rankings, so I wasn't really thinking about who am I playing and, and you know, what's their ranking and where are they from and, and what their results are. I was just, like, going in the court and – playing good tennis, you know, great tennis, just trying to embrace the adversity, because in Tulsa, it was, it was kind of warm, it was really hot, and gets windy sometimes, um, so yeah, I, I was I was just going in the court, no pressure, I was always talking with my coach right before the match, so he gave me a lot of confidence, and I just had a good run. I have to ask, that. I mean, was that your take on, or your approach to your freshman year, is that kind of the you know, the culture around Wake Forest tennis for the newcomers, you know, really embrace them and make sure that they feel, you know, comfortable and, and develop in that way. Was that more yeah. team mentality or is that, you know, your approach to the to the sport at that age? No, I mean, I mean being on the team for three years and, you know, Skander and, and, and Chris Jenner are here for four years, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've had a lot of teammates, you know, that, you know, they were doing it wrong uh, in, in uh, you know, our opinion. So we're, you know, for the new players coming in now, we're trying to, um, you know, establish a, a healthy but successful culture on the team. You know, we would love to see it in, in, in the future because we won't be here forever. You know, we, Gander is graduating in like a month. You know, Christian is graduating in like a month. I'm graduating in a year. And that might seem like a long time, but it's really not. The years flew by and I'm constantly trying to, you know, motivate the new players that are coming in and just, explain to them that these four years are going by really fast. So you have a limited amount of time to do, to do great things here, you know? So you have to cherish every single moment and just play your best. And you talk about the roster turnover, you know, obviously you guys had Dennis Yuspinski transfer out um, under whatever circumstances may be, but then you bring in a guy like Julian, you have newcomers like Barr and I think Dempster and Yuval. I, I might've forgotten one. But just talk about how you incorporate a new freshman class, how you got them to buy into the culture, allow you to have the success you have this year. You know, being number one, I guess, you know, and being in the ACC really helps a lot. You know, we have a lot of recruits coming in. And, you know, when they come, we, we just try, me and the other teammates, we just try to, you know, make them feel like home, you know. Uh, we want to show them, like, this is a great team to be in, and you know I can confirm that. I'm I'm loving my time here, um, and and you know Julian and and, and Barr are huge additions. I mean they, you know they they're the ones that helped us help the other players just win everything basically this year. You know it's not only the people who play; it's also the ones who don't play, and you know the ones who who are behind the scenes, um, you know cheering their asses off, and you know just being energetic and bringing the energy because, you know, not everybody will be 100% every day. But that that is exactly why we have six players in the lineup, you know, and some people, um, you know, are already always warmed up to be ready in case somebody gets injured or somebody's not feeling well. Uh, we have a really deep team this year and, you know, the freshmen, sophomores, juniors, every, everything, seniors, everything we have, we just, you know, put them on there and just wish for the best and then, we want to do that again for one more time for the fourth title at NCAA. Uh, I completely agree. And you talk about the Wake Forest team this year. The strongest part of your lineup might be seven, eight, nine. If you played those three additional spots, that's three wins for sure. 
Uh, yeah. So, yeah, you talked about that bottom strength. I do want to talk about a couple other things from your sophomore year real quick. I know Ariza wants to ask you about this season because he's so excited for NCAAs. But, you know, just real quickly, you're obviously number one in the country. You won the ICA All-American first Wake Forest player in the program's history to do that. Uh, you also, again, number one in the country. But one thing I want to ask you about, and this is probably my third favorite college tennis match of all time behind uh, probably when Virginia had the touching of the foot on the net with UCLA and then when Sonam Singh, that was probably my second favorite one, that NCAA final. Sorry for that story, just in case you were curious. No, uh, I, I knew that story. I watched that match. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, we'll have to talk about that another time. But then uh, my third favorite match, this is the ITA National Indoors 2017. The number one player in the country, Petros Frisokos, taking on the Kyle Corvidard, you know, in an incredible 7-6 in the third match. That's a match, obviously, Ohio State takes 4-3. But can you talk me through playing in that big of a moment, being number one, playing number two, everything on the line? Just what was that match like? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, going going into the match, we already we, we already knew the, how good Ohio State is. You know, probably two of the you know best teams in the country at the moment, along with Virginia and a few others. You know, so we we knew it was going to be a battle, and uh, you know, knowing that Wake Forest never won national indoors before, we uh, we just wanted to win too much. You know, uh, you know, playing playing court. I think it was my second time, I would say, or third. I can't remember. It was either the second or the third time I played him. Um, you know, I knew it was gonna be it was gonna be a battle, and and honestly, it it could have could have gone either way. But he played he played he was so clutch in, in so many moments, and he just won all the important points, and he deserved to win more than I did. But you know, I remember I remember that match like it was yesterday. I remember it was three all, and then it came down to our match, and. Uh, it was six all in the third, and I it, I was so tired at that moment. A lot of people were watching, and I just I just <laughs> I turned to my coach and I just started smiling, because you know I was I was enjoying my time so much there, and he was like, "This is this is everything college tennis is about. This is it. This tiebreak right here. This is what college is about." And he was so true. And even though I lost, I enjoyed it and it was one of my you know favorite matches that I ever played and it's funny because I lost it uh and it was disappointing after but uh you know it's great memories to have and, and I will cherish that moment forever yeah and how does a loss like that prepare you for the success you've had this year obviously you're on a 20 match winning streak for our fans who don't know you, you, you're up to number four in the country uh, you've just been so rock solid this year at two singles for Wake. Uh, does a loss like that kind of prepare you for all these moments now because you've played in a big pressure moment, you've experienced failure and you kind of embraced it? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, to be honest, I love it. You know, the more I lose, the more motivation I have to become better, you know, and, and this is a big part of, uh, you know, I, why I think my coach is the best coach in the country because he, he makes sure he makes sure we know that, you know. The more, you know, the more we lose, the more motivated we have to be. I mean, fortunately, we don't lose much. But, you know, when we do, um, it's when we need to sit down and really, you know, reflect and, and just, you know, see what we can improve on. And so far, we, we're doing a great job, and I'm so happy um, how this year turned, so, turned out so far. We've, uh, we've accomplished three of our four goals this year. And, uh, you know, there's one more goal to go. And... Um, Hopefully we can get it, you know. And uh, I just want to add one thing: uh, just how we lost to Ohio State like last year in National Indoors, we we lost again this year, you know. We lost again to Florida State away, and then uh, from Florida at home, you know, it was matches that they were tough. They came in clutch, and we ended up uh, losing. But fortunately for us, we wanted the big moments, and we were just more clutch in the tournament. I mean, this season has been absolutely dominant, and you know. Wake Forest has obviously been at the top of the rankings over years over the year, but I mean, you're going 16 weeks ranked number one indoor ITA win. You know, what is it this year that's just clicking? I mean, out of everyone and all the teams, you're definitely, you know, definitely dominating the college tennis scene. So what is it this yeah. year that's really coming together? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, in, in the last couple of years, um, you know, as, as a team, we struggled a little bit um, in the big moments. 
you know, we we would stay undefeated in the regular season, but every time we play a tournament, we would just we just couldn't couldn't uh, couldn't do it. You know, we would lose a national indoors last year. We lost the ACC tournament. We lost the NCAA. Um, you know, so there, there was something that we were doing wrong. And you know, personally, I think what we were doing wrong is that we just you know we got carried away by you know wanting to win too much, and we kept looking you know too far in the future. I would say. So you know, this this year we we are taking every match seriously, and every match you know is different, and the opponent is different. You know. Uh, get embrace adversity playing, you know, outdoors with women indoors, you know, away home and whatnot. So, you know, we're just really trying to focus on what we can do better and what we can improve. And, you know, we, we were, we we're sure going into the season that if we play our best, it's going to be, we're going to be a, a tough, a tough team to beat. Now, will you talk about your three things you've accomplished for our listeners who don't know? And I'm speculating here, but I'm going to guess you mean you guys won the national indoors. You won. So, yeah, I mean, starting the season, we have the four goals we had are basically the four titles we can get on the team. Um, first one was national indoors in Washington, which was success. Then it was uh, the regular season, which was, uh, I mean, we shared it with UNC, if I'm not mistaken. Then it was the entertainment. You know, the tournament, and there's one more to go. Well, you're too nice to say this, but I'll say it. You guys beat UNC head-to-head in the regular season, so we know who, where that title belongs. And that's not, <laughs> not at UNC. That's just how I view all of these tournaments. I mean, yeah, I mean, to be to be fair, it's, you know, rule-wise, rule we, we know we shared it with them, you know, and, and, and it's okay. A ring is better than no ring, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, who knows, man? I mean, we we might play them again against the A's, you know? We can't get too greedy. I mean, last year, we played them in uh, regular season. We beat them. Uh, and then, you know, NCAA comes, we, we lost to them. You know, it just happened. Well, I do want to talk about one thing, and that's an incident that happened in the ACC tournament final. Obviously, it's been all over Twitter, but, uh, you know, at one singles, Borna Gojo made not the best call on the Carter sideline, and the rest uh-huh. didn't say anything. Now, this is not to criticize any individual, but I think any fan of college tennis just knows hooking happens. Every match, there's going to be cheating. It's going to happen on both sides. To be honest, it's part of the reason I like this sport, because, you know, if a cheating just adds another thrill now we're that much more invested and it becomes a mental battle as well so i just wanted to ask you you know what are your thoughts on hooking in college tennis is it an issue is it something you expect you know what what happens when you go into matches you know having having the refs on the chair you know it, it gives you a sense of security on 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 depending on you know who you play but you, you can't you can't control you know every single call on the court, unless you have, on uh, unless you have a chair umpire and and a line umpire on every single line, and even if you do that, even if you do that, you still get bad calls. I mean, you, we see it with Hawkeyes and challenges on the ATP level. You know, it, it, it happens. And you know, for for whatever happened on Twitter, um, you know, I I challenge every single one. You know, person that tweeted against Borna to find me a good player in college that you know knew that the ball, you know, I mean, depending on their calls, knew that their balls are out and they call it good. You know, there's no chance you can find someone that knows that the ball is is, is in and calls out and, and they don't know. I mean, every single player in college that I know of, you know, will have bad calls. It happens. It's kind of it's kind of having it just one umpire that might be paying attention or not. You're kind of asking for it. I mean, I'm talking to NCAA right now. You know? No, I completely agree. Bad calls happen in every match. It's ridiculous to assume one call at one point will make a difference in a match. So I agree with you. It happens. Obviously, it's something you want to avoid. You can find you know points and and balls in the match that people uh, you know them out but they don't call them you know no i i completely agree with you i think again i enjoy it i think it you know it gets that much more personal and i kind of like the conflict Obviously, yeah no i love it it's part of it no i love it yeah, exactly. it's part of the game you gotta love it i agree with you a good uh 
That's why we play less, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, a good player will never, ever, you know, uh, say that that the, the bad call was the excuse that why they lost. Never. You'll never find one player. I'm sure, like, uh, you know, William. I'm sure he doesn't. If, even if he lost the match, you know, I'm sure he wouldn't have said, "Oh, I lost the match because of that ball." You know, he. Uh, I, I watched the match and I, I watched the. I think that happened in the tiebreak, right? Um, First that tiebreak, right? Yeah, I mean, and and the guy was just like a poker face. The you know the points after that, and then he he won the set. I think so, that's one of those things we can all agree it's going to happen. You're going to see it, but it's just about moving on to the next point. You know, fighting it out, and it's just the it's just a part of the game. Um, exactly, and the refs are there to overrule at any time. It's not like it's a free call. So. I definitely want to transition and, uh, you know, talk about the upcoming, you know, NCAA tournament. Crack fans are obviously very excited for that as, you know, anyone who follows college tennis are. Tell us about, tell us about your bracket and, and, you know, how, how you feel, you know, your run to the finals, you know, looks from, from your end. I mean, you have a first round matchup with Navy, you know, kind of on a collision course with Columbia and, you know, TCU maybe. Um, yeah. What do you think? Let's, I, I'm curious to um, hear your thoughts. Yeah, I mean to be honest, you know the last last couple of years when uh, when the selection was going on, we would uh, you know gather together as a team and and and, and watch it. But uh, we did none of that this year, you know. We just we just we just decided that we we're gonna we're gonna play whoever we have to play first round, and then if we win, we we're gonna you know focus on the second round and just move on this is this is a big part of why we think we we did it wrong last year you know just mm-hmm. making a big deal out of who we play was was a huge mistake you know we we were just focusing on too much and who we're playing and we just totally forgot what we're doing you know what i mean yeah i mean this year we play navy um i know nothing about them um uh, but you know i'm sure my coach knows and you know i'm sure he has scouting reports and i do a lot of scouting myself um, I like to, uh, you know, visualize and do stuff like that to prepare for the match. Definitely a uh, interesting approach to it. I mean, and I know last year you guys made it to the quarterfinals. That was a strong run. And, and this year, I mean, I think most tennis fans who follow college tennis would would argue that you guys will definitely, you know, be in the finals. There's a strong chance of that based on your records and just performance overall. Um, I have to admire, though, and it's definitely a, a, a unique approach to just say, you know what, we're going to take each game as it is. You know, you, as you mentioned, a lot of times teams will, you know, spend hours looking at film, making sure that they, you know, are prepared for each matchup, what, you know, how are they going to approach each, um, you know, each team and everything. But this kind of reminds me, you said that every, you know, your freshman year, let's, let's take it as it is, you know, one game at a time and we're going to have fun with it. That's kind of what I get from, from your answer there. Yeah. I mean, you know, having, having, having the seeds, you know, obviously a lot of people can make projections and, 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 you know, like say, it's, it's so easy to be an outsider and just say, yo, for sure, Wake Forest, uh, will make the finals. And, you know, cause they're number one, they, they played so many games. They want everything this year and this and that. Sure. Other people say Ohio state could be in the finals. UCLA could be in the finals, you know, basically the first four seeds or eight seeds, whatever could make, could make it to quarter semis, whatever, but that's, that's not that easy, you know. You have to you have to prove that you're number one or two or three or four or whatever on court, you know. And that's what we really forgot last year. Um, and you know, this year being number one, obviously we have a target on our back. Um, we know every single team that plays us is coming for us, and uh, you know they will give us our their best. But we're we're ready for them, you know. This year, this year I guarantee you, we're ready for every single team that comes. And and another thing is that. Uh, we play at home, so that's another thing. I hope other teams don't forget. We we know these courts better than anyone else, you know. And, I wanted and, to ask, how is that idea of playing at home? You know, being able to sleep in your own bed beforehand and knowing the court. How much of a factor is that for your team? Is it something you guys have thought about? Um, I mean, we haven't talked about you know the the, the whole process of like you know the everyday uh, you know routines that we'll have, but. Uh, we've played teams at home before, and I'm sure we will try and do exactly the same thing because, you know, NCAA might be, not might be, it is the biggest tournament we'll play, but there's no reason for us to change anything right now, you know? I think we've been pretty successful, and, you know, just sleeping in our beds, 
the, the day before the match, it just helps, you know? But still, if you don't if you don't show up on court and just give everything, it means nothing. Yeah, and we're all looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, you know, I don't want to make you put you in a bad position where you're giving teams bulletin board material, but I do want to ask you, you guys, you know, have only lost two matches all year. You've been number one from week one to now. Uh, give me a, you know, 30 second pitch on why we should think Wake Forest is the favorite to win it all this year. You know, the, the, the numbers speak for themselves, you know, um, you know, as, as a, as a, you know, one of the players on the team, I just feel so confident right now with my game, you know, and I feel like my other teammates, are just as confident, and you can see them from the results, you know. We came in clutch on every single uh, tournament we played. Uh, you know, some matches came down to 3-0 and we ended up winning. It could go, it could go either way. But, you know, the, you know we, we, we are the favorites. We want to be, but that doesn't mean we're going to win. But I'm, I'm pretty confident that, you know, we can do a much better job than last year and go all the way this year. Well, shameless plug here, but on Crack Brackets, we're actually running a series listing all of our favorite contenders, and I have six teams I think are capable of winning it all this year. Our first article came out, and it was actually my biggest contender, and that's you guys, Wake Forest, why I thought you guys were going to win. And like you mentioned, oh, my God, sorry, Westoff, our producer, is writing a message saying when I release the other five. To our fans, the other five parts will be released soon, and you'll get to know the other five teams. But Westoff, that was a shot that was below the belt. Uh, but getting back to it, you know, talking about you guys, you have so much veteran experience. You talk about seniors like Skander, like I think you call them yeah. Dirk. Uh, you're Dirk, fine. yeah, I mean, I, I call it, I call him Christian, so uh, in case other people don't know who Dirk is. Yeah, well, I mean, everyone knows who Dirk is, and you can get the comparison from there. Uh, but just in terms of yourself being a junior but having so much success already on the pro tour, is it something where if you guys win the title because you, you know, you're losing so much, would you consider going pro, or are you pretty comfortable that you're going to be back for your fourth year? Uh, no, uh, there's, there's absolutely no chance I would uh, I would leave college. Uh, you know, I'd like to finish what I started. Um, I love my time here. You know, I'd like I'd love to you know help my teammates uh, win everything. And to be honest, only one goal I had coming in coming in week is uh, NCAA win the NCAA tournament, and I still haven't accomplished that goal. And I hope I you know get that tournament before I graduate because my time here is limited. So now I, I, I'm sure coach Bresky will love to hear that answer. And I'm also sure we have a Wake Forest alum, Alex Leopold, who works with us. And I'm sure he'll be happy to hear that. Well, so rest easy Wake Forest fans, he is coming home. Uh, but I do want to do one more thing before we go. That's one of our favorite segments on this show. It's our rapid fire segment. We're going to ask you a series of questions and you can give us, you know, one or two word answers, depending on that. Just kind of put you under the gun to see if you're really ready for that OAP pressure of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Awesome. So I want to start with a series of Wake Forest space questions before we go. You know, we made light of maybe it's too sticky of a situation to ask this question right now, but in college tennis, you spend a lot of time practicing with your teammates. I got to know who's the biggest hook in practice. Uh, Skander. <laughs> Skander. <laughs> uh, throwing the, it's okay, though, because he's the senior. Who's the best to go out with to like the bars or whatnot? Skander. Skander as well. Oh, I like No that. pause on that one. Yeah, wow. Skander really oh, has sure. effect on you guys. 100%. Okay, well then, which bar are you going to in in uh, Winston-Salem? Are you going to Tate? Are you going to Last Resort? Where are you going? Uh, well, Last, Last Resort is the place to be on Thursdays, but it's for all athletes and, and students, you know? So it's like a, it's like a thing on Thursdays, you know? Um, but uh, we, we like... Uh, we like Kate as a team right. as well. I'll keep going from here. All right, if you could serve to one celebrity, who would it be? I'll go with Roger. Is he your favorite tennis player? Oh, my God. It's, uh, he's my favorite human. Not my favorite tennis player. Uh, I, I, somewhere Marco Shagdetti yeah, and cry. Let's hope, well, he doesn't, I, let's I, hope I, Marco doesn't listen you know, to the podcast. I'll tell you why it's different because Shagdetti is my friend. <laughs> you know, like it's tough to it, – it, it, He's my friend, and, and 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 you know, it's someone I look up to. But you know, I gotta go with Roger. <laughs> well, right. my next question was, who's your dream doubles partner? But you kind of answered that one already. 
Uh, yeah, I'm going, I'm going with, yeah, it, it will be a dream come true. I like it. Well, then our last question for you, and it's our favorite question we ask. Your favorite thing about a fresh can of tennis balls is? I uh, well, I always, every time we, uh, you know, there's a, we finish the set and there's a new, uh, there's new balls, I smell them. Oh, <laughs> that was the longest form of anyone answering the smell we've ever had. I agree with you. It's all about the smell. Uh, it's just, it's just wakes me up for some reason yeah of course well Petros I want to thank you again for taking the time to do this you know we shouldn't be biased here because we'll be covering the event but I think I speak for everyone when I say we'll be rooting for you and the entire Wake Forest team during this NCAA tournament run uh, thank you and- so much for having me it was, it was a pleasure Awesome yeah, having you on. of course. And I was going to say, when uh, when you guys win the tournament, again, me, you, Marcos, will go celebrate in Cyprus. <laughs> All right. On that note, for myself, Alex Druskin, for my co-host, Alex Ariza, you know, Petros, thank you again. And uh, we will see you guys later, Cracks fan. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. We'll see you later, Petros. Good luck. We hope you enjoyed our interview with Petros. It was a lot of fun getting to know him. Best of luck to him and the rest of the Wake Forest squad this week as they begin their NCAA tournament run. I just wanted to take a quick second to remind you to tell all your friends and family about Cracked Rackets. We're a young, growing company and can use all the word of mouth we can get. And while you're at it, give us a quick rating on iTunes. Every little bit helps. We really appreciate those five stars. Wink, wink. Uh, But for myself, Alex Gruskin, Alex Riza, and the absent Dalton Thieneman, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time, Cracked fans. Sure.